Terry Schiavo was the center of an intense medical, legal, religious struggle concerning the end of life. What were the issues, and who did they affect? You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, attorney and Dr. Bruce Bloom, President and Chief Science Officer of Partnership for Cures, a nonprofit that drives cures to patients through repurposing current therapies for new uses. And my guest is Professor Robert McClory, Associate Professor Emeritus at Northwestern University in Chicago, a former Catholic priest and author of numerous articles on issues of Catholicism and medicine. Mr. McClory and I are discussing the religious implications on medical care decisions that supported Terry Schiavo. Professor McClory, welcome to Reach MD. Thank you. So tell us a little about your background. When and where did you do your religious training? How long were you a Catholic priest? And when did you decide to leave that calling? I was a Catholic priest for 13 years. I did my training at Minor Seminary in Chicago and at the Major Seminary in Mundelein, Illinois. I was ordained as a secular priest for the Chicago Archdiocese. I resigned as an active priest in 1971. I have since been a journalist and a professor of journalism at Northwestern University. And how long have there been Catholic religious directives that have impacted modern medicine? There have been directives. It depends on how far back you want to go or what you consider modern. But for over 400 years, the Church has spoken out on what ought to be done, at least in a general way, in various medical situations. In more recent times, say since the time of Pope Pius XII in the 1930s, has spoken out with more specificity, because simply we know more about the body and about how the body heals itself or does not heal itself, and how diseases work, and therefore the institutional churches felt compelled to comment on these things from time to time. And when the Church makes those comments, is there always a consensus among Church leaders, or are there often differences of opinion? There are often differences of opinion. Consensus in the Church is something of a rarity. The Pope, who is the head of the Catholic Church, often speaks out, and he may speak out at a, in a speech, or he may speak out in a more formal situation, What he says then gets interpreted by theologians. It is pretty rare for a consensus to be sought ahead of time outside of the Pope and his advisors in the Vatican. So one of the problems that occurs is that declarations are made. Medical people or ethicists will say, well, nobody talked to us about that. It was sort of made, you know, in an ivory tower and there will be differences of opinions, and some of these things will go on for years and years. And at the Vatican, is there some kind of a medical council that guides the Pope and those close to him in these kinds of decisions or directives? Medical council, I don't think so. There are people who are, you know, experts on the ethics of medicine. Whether they are doctors or not, I don't know. I'm not aware of anybody in the Vatican who is an M.D., you know, on the uh, curia or on the staff that advises the Pope. But this time, there may have been in the past, but I'm not aware at present. So let's focus a little bit about the issues that were involved in the care of Terry Schiavo. Let's start with when did the Catholic religious issues first become 
an issue for Terry and her family and physicians in her care? Well, the whole thing came to a head when she had been in a persistent vegetative state for more than a year, and her former husband, I guess he still was technically her husband, was considered the principal one to make the decision. And he said it was time for the feeding tube to be withdrawn because she had been on that for, as I say, well over a year. And her parents and other relatives insisted that that was not their wish at all, that the tube should remain and she should continue to receive, you know, water and food through it. And then it went to the courts, and then it got even the the president began to comment on it, and it became a a national discussion and kind of a national circus because there was a lot of controversy and hard feelings on the part of the family. They felt that it was and could be considered murder, that they were simply taking a tube away that was keeping her alive and that that should not be done. Various church people got involved in that, saying, the family was right. She should be maintained for as long as the tube was keeping her alive in this very unconscious state. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Bloom, and I am speaking with Professor Robert McClory, Associate Professor Emeritus at Northwestern University in Chicago, former Catholic priest and author of numerous articles on the issues of Catholicism and medicine, and we are discussing the religious implications on the medical care decisions that supported Terry Schiavo. So since that case, has the Catholic Church come out and talked about specifically feeding tubes and putting them in in the first place and then taking them out later on? Well, there was so much controversy connected with this that the Catholic bishops afterwards requested that the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, that's the office in Rome that determines these issues, that they say something about it, because it was obviously unclear what the real position of the institutional church was on the matter. And they issued what is called a clarification and I use that, I would put that in quotes because it did not clarify a great deal. But it did say this, the administration of food and water, usually by a feeding tube, is in principle an ordinary and proportionate means of preserving life. And therefore, it is morally obligatory. It must be used for as long as it is shown to accomplish its goal. And that was particularly welcomed by those who had stated that Terry Schiavo should not have had the uh, tube removed, that the uh, highest organization in the Vatican, always these things are, are released with the approval of the Pope. It did not come without his knowledge and consent, that therefore the matter was settled, that it had been a mistake to uh, take the tube and uh, that thing should not be repeated in the future. Did they make a comment about putting the tube in in the first place? It sounds like it becomes a requirement any time that this feeding tube might be helpful to a patient that, at least according to the Catholic Church, it should be done. Mm-hmm. Well, that was the interpretation, although I don't think it's. they said that in so many words, that if a tube is prescribed, it must be put in. But that has sort of been the interpretation of those who have been looking at this statement. So when a patient is confronted with this issue or a patient's family and they are Catholic, 
do they have a choice then to either follow this clarification or directive or to do something else? They have a choice since they're human beings who can make a choice, but the church is telling them that they have a moral obligation to abide by the ruling that was given by the congregation on the faith. When a Catholic is faced with this kind of a dilemma, how, according to the church, are they supposed to resolve this? They're supposed to resolve it on the side of the church ruling, although many Catholics today would quarrel with that kind of absolute obligation. And a lot of theologians and a lot of priests and others would say, since there is some strong feeling on the other side that that ruling was in error or that that ruling needs to be interpreted differently, there are some who would say a person does not have such an obligation. But I think, for the most part, a very... Uh, Faithful and Catholics would feel a real strong moral obligation to follow that rule. And now let's step back and look at this from a physician standpoint. So what would happen in a situation where a non-Catholic physician was faced with treating a Catholic patient whose family felt that this directive had to be implemented, or a Catholic physician who felt it needed to be implemented that was treating a non-Catholic family that didn't want it? How would the Church be helpful in figuring out those dilemmas? Well, I think if it was a Catholic physician treating a patient, according to the strict interpretation here, he would have to tell the family that uh, the Church requires him to maintain the tube, the feeding tube. And if they said, well, we don't agree with that, then he might feel, again, if he was very, very strict on these matters, that he could not continue to be the physician of care On the other hand, if he was treating a non-Catholic person who doesn't feel that obligation, I presume, well, let me back up. He would still be a Catholic and therefore feel that there's a moral obligation, and he would be pretty much in the same situation of feeling that he should not remove the tube or not insert the tube. Artificial extension of the end of life is filled with medical, ethical, and religious issues. I want to thank our guest, Robert McClory, Associate Professor Emeritus at Northwestern University in Chicago, a former Catholic priest and author of numerous articles on the issues of Catholicism and medicine, for talking to us about these critical issues. I'm attorney and Dr. Bruce Bloom, President and Chief Science Officer of Partnership for Cures. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on Reach MD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your questions and comments. Please visit us at reachmd.com, where you can find our new on-demand and podcast features that will allow you access to our entire program library. And thank you for listening.